0: Let us pray. Oh God, we do pray that you just come like a fire, and that you burn inside each and every one of us. So, so we feel your passion, and we feel your love, so that we then can go out from where we are to go and serve you. Fill us, Lord. And we ask that you let this time, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Beautiful. You know, as we continue in our series on the Apostles' Creed, one of the first things that I was thinking about is that uh, when 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 you start a, a new business or, or when you're part of a business, I, I there have been times because I want to know what's happening in the in the life of our community. I'll go to uh, a, a business at breakfast. Business at breakfast thing that the Royce City Chamber of Commerce hosts uh, on Wednesdays. I used to go to that all the time or even to uh, the uh, chamber lunches that that we we have here in our community and, and, and one of the things that they talk about is sharing your elevator speech and if you 're not familiar with what an elevator speech is it 's what a business owner would use to to quickly share about what their business is about. Usually an elevator speech is anywhere between 30 seconds to a minute. And, and the reason why it's called an elevator speech, that's about how long it takes to go from one floor to another. So it's like, how can you share your business within a, a short time span? Well, I want us to think about the Apostles' Creed as the elevator speech of the church. And what I mean by that is not that we're trying to sell something or we're trying to promote a product, but if we want people to, to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ or, or, or be, be a Christian, we can easily point to the Apostles' Creed and say, there it is, that that is who, in a nutshell, or in an elevator speech, that is, is who we are. Last week we started... Uh, Talking about the Apostles' Creed, uh, looking at that very first article or, or affirmation, if you will, about I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. See, that's how the church taught the faith. I and mean, we still use that even today with our confirmation classes. We go over the, the tenets of the Christian faith so that they can understand what it is that they believe. And remember, we we talked about it's called the Apostles' Creed, not because the apostles wrote it, but because there there are 12 affirmations within this statement, in in this this creed, that gives us a picture of of, of what it is that we believe. Now, it's interesting, when you take a look at the entirety of those 12 affirmations, six of them refer to Jesus Christ. And I think it's important because it shows us the centrality of Christ to our faith. But as, as we take a look at, at these six statements, I see something else. I see an introduction of community and the importance that, that community plays in the life of the Christian faith. And not only just the community, but the community of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit working together. I think it's on the screen. If you take a look at this, we see that it starts with an introduction of of Jesus Christ, and, and then how he is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit, and you have Christ right there in those opening statements. But then at the end of the section, we see how Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. See, see the triune God exists in community with one another, and that helps us to see that we as people of faith also live in community with one another. Did you hear April talk earlier in our announcements about the beginning of, of small groups? And, and over the next few weeks, last week we had the uh, the Genesis class, members from the Genesis class share our, our scripture readings. Uh, this week we had members from the Steward Memorial class, they're reading scriptures. We're going to have other small groups that that are a part of our church to share uh, share the scriptures over the next few weeks because, my friends, community is important. And, and it's important, you know, we, we want to be worshiping together here in the sanctuary, but it is more important, I believe, for us to be connected in small groups where we can grow, support, and share with one another. So that's the example. That the triune God gives us of how they are a part of a community, and that community brings life. And that community brings love and hope. The ways that we can see this is the, the, the connectedness of the triune God is first by looking what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9. He reminds us, saying that anyone who has seen The Father has seen me, or anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Got that mixed up there a little bit. And we see the Holy Spirit who who, is all throughout Jesus' life and ministry through his conception that the Creed mentions, his baptism, temptation, public ministry, where Christ says in Luke chapter 4 that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Of course, we see the Holy Spirit in the midst of his miracles, and of course, in the resurrection. But today we're gonna really take a look at at one part of these six phrases or affirmations about Jesus that focuses on Christ humanity. As we already said this morning, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. We, we have a, a nice theological term that we like to talk about when we talk about Christ's humanity, it's called the Incarnation. That's when we take a look and, and, and see that Christ was not just this, this being, but, but he came to earth to live as one of us. I, I love the way that the paraphrase, the message puts it in John 1, 14, where Eugene Peterson used these words, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word became, became flesh and blood and, and, and moved into the neighborhood. See, through the incarnation, it shows us that, that, that God wanted to come and be one of us, to have the opportunity to to show solidarity with the human race. Not to become to be to be be ruled, to rule and, and to the Lord over the entire world, but to know what it means and to share in our suffering to share in our death, to share in our joys, to share in our sorrows, to share in our laughters, to be a part of all of that so that God comes to be one of us. Our scripture for this morning is from the book of Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It gives us a picture about the importance of Christ's coming to earth. So hear the word of the Lord. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. So God sent Jesus. So that he can redeem us who are under the law. Not so that we are just free to do whatever we want, but so that we can be called children of God. One of the things about the Apostles' Creed and the start of this Jesus section, if you will, is this bold proclamation that Jesus is Lord. My friends, that affirmation is, is so key and vital to, to who we are because it helps us to see that Jesus came so, so that we may place our full devotion to him. And it's not so that he can oppress us, but, but Jesus came so we call him Lord so that we can be freed from oppression. If you look at how we, we live our lives, we have a tendency, at least I know I do, to want to rule my own life. To say this is how I'm gonna live and I don't care how anyone else thinks about how I should live my life. I am the God of my own domain. But when we give our lives to Christ, when, when we say that Jesus is Lord, we are no longer saying that I am in control of, of, of what I want to do. We cry out. What those words that we sang in the song before the sermon, I am yours, no longer my own. Those are words that, that John Wesley put together in this in prayer that, that, that helps us to see that anything and everything we do is in response to God's great love for us. See, as Jesus came to save us, he came to give us a way to live. He he came so that we can look at, at his life and see how it is as followers of Jesus Christ are to live. We're we're not supposed to look at Jesus as some historical figure, but we came. So he came so that we can look at Christ and see how we can be human, just like Christ was human. Genesis 127 reminds us that God created humankind in his own image. And with the fall of humankind in Genesis 3 and all the stories in the Old Testament, it gives us a picture of how many times we get it wrong. How many times we, when we try to strike out on our own, we fail time and time again. But when we take a look at Jesus' life, we can see what exactly it means to be human. What does it mean to actually live our lives as, as Christ, the perfect human, lived his life? Well, first, I think if we look at Jesus' life, we see that he identified with the poor and the oppressed. See, we hear this in his first sermon. When when Jesus goes to to Nazareth and and he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he reads from it in in Luke chapter 4, he quotes these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus, when he started his public ministry, he already got himself in trouble. Though those words from Isaiah started a, a fire among the people around him that they, they tried to grab him and take him out to the nearest mountain and throw him over because they didn't want to hear those words. They didn't want to hear that Jesus came for the poor and the oppressed. They wanted to hear that Jesus came for me to just to, to put a stamp of approval on what we are doing. And my friends, I think sometimes we do that ourselves. We want Jesus to put a stamp of approval on, on, on what we do and what we do to those around us. Instead of saying how... How can I identify with those who are poor and those who are needy? How can I identify with those in the world around us that are oppressed right now? But the way that Jesus did this, he did it with compassion. And Jesus was very quick to heal those near him. Matthew twenty twelve verse 14 says that when Jesus was aware of what was happening around him, and he withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all. I, I think of a picture of the old movie of Jesus Christ Superstar, where, where, where Jesus is, is walking through a crowd, and he's being surrounded, and he has this, this throng that is just descending upon him, and he takes time to heal each and every one because he loved and cared for each one of his children. We also see that in the scripture that Cat read today from Matthew chapter 15. And, and, and this picture is, is beautiful because it's somebody from the outside who comes to, to be healed by Jesus, and, and while people are asking jesus to to turn her away, she says these one's words it says, you know even a a puppy I think this is the way the cat said it cat's translation read this morning, even a puppy can eat the little crumbs that are underneath the table and jesus said, you know you're right, so the your your daughter who who you came to me to to go and heal she is now healed. See, it's, it's that compassion. It's that love. It's that care that, that Jesus has called us to live our lives so that we may be full of his love and his grace. And I think one of the most important lessons that we can learn right now is that Jesus shows us that we need to take time to rest and to pray. You know, one of the things that I've learned through these 23 weeks now is that it is okay to take time to pause. It is okay to take time and, and rest. And, and then not to try to run from one place to another, to try, to try to get a whole bunch of things gone. And honestly, when things start to really get going again, that's one of the things that I hope doesn't happen again. I hope that we all have had the opportunity to be like Jesus and, and, and to retreat to an out-of-the-way place. Not so that we can just escape from the world, but then we can then connect with a God who loves us and cares for us. See, there is something about the humanity of Jesus Christ that, that, that we tend to miss. And it's important to recapture that through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we are thankful that you came to, to live as one of us. That, that when you came upon this earth to teach, to love, to heal, to to free, that we live in that freedom. Not so that we can do anything and everything we want to do, so that we can turn our gaze towards you and say, God, how are you calling us to live our lives? You know, and I think sometimes when we pray that prayer, it's going to surprise us. It's going to, to challenge us. It's going to help us to see the world in a different light. To see the world as you see it. As we strive to be your faithful disciples. So God, we lift these prayers up to you and thank you for the humanity of our Savior. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.